0: I'm your husband host Travis McElroy and I'm your wife host Teresa McElroy and you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions. Hello my dove.
1: Hello dear. How are you? Well we're all on the mend around here.
0: Sure. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Yeah, You're 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 getting back up to it. Um, You were ill but now you're getting better.
0: I'm on the mend. I'm feeling better. Now mm-hmm. I've gotten to a place where I think COVID's gone. Now it's just seasonal allergies. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, time.
1: I am also feeling that that fall drainage. Being a fall, um,
0: spooky season. So
1: spooky. We have decorated our house. Um, and it seems like all the YouTube videos the kids are watching are all about witches and zombies and ghosts and goblins and. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure. All of it's that, that time stuff. of year where you take uh, like Daddy Finger, Daddy well, Mommy Finger, you know, Sister Finger, Brother Finger songs. But now it's like Daddy Mummy, Mommy Mummy, Sister Mummy, or like Daddy yeah. Goblin, Sister goblin. It's just like the same song, but now we've put like Skeleton into it. Yeah. I indeed. love them.
1: Oh, I'm, I, I mean, I don't really feel strongly one way or the other. The kids seem to enjoy them, the kids seem to enjoy them.
0: The kids who seem to enjoy them. There's a period of time in the calendar year betwixt like April to September, where some stuff happens and it's summer and everything, but all the holidays are fairly like single day event holidays. Mm -hmm. But then you get into October and it's like, now we're in (laughs) like the season.
1: Until uh, November, and then you start getting that Christmas creep.
0: That's, this is what I'm saying, right? You get spooky season, and then you're into like the Thanksgiving season, and then you're into the. I don't think
1: Thanksgiving season really exists. It's all Christmas now. Now, hold
0: on. The Thanksgiving <laughs> season exists if you're like me and you like are planning like your dishes and meals and stuff. Oh, speaking advance. of
1: which, we have not ordered a turkey.
0: Okay. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> let's focus on what are we talking about hey, this week? Listen,
1: I'm just. I'm just playing with the banter here, going with you. Okay. Accompanying you on this journey. We are talking about today Victorian death photography. Oh boy. Um, you know, we have, I think that it's very interesting, our kind of uh, cultural obsession. With the Victorian era, it was a very long time. A lot of change took place, Um, but it's far enough away that their culture seems completely different from ours. And if you are interested in more Victorian business, uh, Victorian funerals is a great one to listen to. That would be episode 284, by the way. Um, But here's the thing. Death was an everyday part of their lives, In the Victorian era. Um, Disease was rampant. Uh, Infant and childhood mortality rates were pretty high. Is this around the time?
0: Were we dealing with like the miasma from the Thames at this point? Or was that earlier?
1: So the germ theory of disease is right on the cusp. um, But... We still don't quite understand how it works. Um, the Victorian era saw like a lot of cholera outbreaks, sure. right? And we finally had figured out that it had to do with the uh, the sewage water, right? But the, the issues that would be relatively minor today had not been uh, – medical science had not caught up to it at all, right? Okay. And um, yes, this
0: is so. This is in the Victorian The Great Stink, as it was yes. called, was 1853. I just looked it mm-hmm. up. So, um, death is not just death, <laughs> but stink.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, penicillin, in particular, would not be developed until 1928. So, yeah. it is uh, even if we do understand what's happening at this point, we have no no way to fight it. It's just trying to keep people like comfortable I yeah. guess as they die but not just like that also I mean we understood that people needed to be warm if they were cold and there was a there was a like a thing about the fever but we didn't know exactly if we should encourage the fever or discourage it you know, all this kind of stuff anyway
0: in retrospect it is one of the most magical things about Christmas Carol that it's just like at the end they're like and they got really good doctors for Tiny Tim and he was fine like was he Hold on. How good at doctors are we talking here? Because it was like the <laughs> mid-1800s. I mean, we've
1: talked about this. It, probably some sort of nutritional deficiency. Um, okay. Exasperated all of his ailments. So when you get a good doctor that says, hey, you have rickets.
0: <laughs> yeah. Maybe anyway. it's scurvy. Thanks, Doc. Okay.
1: Um, so memento mori. Was yeah. a common saying at this point, um, because it's a artistic, like symbolic trope that is a reminder of the inevitability of death.
0: Well, it's also important. Memento mori remember you will die. Uh, it's important to note too, as we talk about this, that like European, like especially uh, WASPish, I think, I Catholic too. I don't know. I wasn't raised Catholic, but um, other cultures are much more comfortable with like death as just a part of the experience, then yeah. we are, because if you think about things like, even just like Dia de los Muertos, where it's just like, it's a celebration of like our, the ghost of our ancestors, and we talk about it. Whereas we now, especially in like the US culture, really like to pretend like, yes, it's a death, but uh, let's not focus on that part so much. They went to the afterlife, and we're just gonna keep plugging along down here, uh, don't worry about it. Don't think about it. Definitely scary and bad. Also, we're so
1: removed from it because people don't die at home anymore. Yeah. We have um nursing homes, we have hospice care, we have hospitals. It's it's just not it's not next to us the way that it used to be. Um and so like What the Victorians like to do is they would have a memento, so like an object, Mm -hmm. that would help them remember the person, right? Um, And their artwork in general included a lot of iconography of skulls and coffins and bones and hourglasses and wilting flowers and all this other kinds of stuff um, so that it was not just a a reminder of the person that you've lost, but also like death in general is... Yeah, I mean,
0: the gothic feel is this whole deal, right? Like, if you look, it's, I love, uh, a great example of this is, like, if you look at, I think it's the Munsters' house. Yeah, the Munsters, right? Have that very, like, gothic Victorian house. Right. Mm-hmm. And that thing that now we see and we associate with like it's like a spooky haunted witch house. But it's just like everybody was like, Yeah, give me that kind of uh very like it looks like it's made out of the roof is cobwebs and we've got like just like wrought iron everywhere. Uh yeah, just kind of spooky house. Everybody lives in spooky houses. So we can all agree on this. <laughs> this is the aesthetic we're all going for. Spooky houses. Okay, great, thank you.
1: So one common way was uh, sometimes people made like hair jewelry, mm-hmm. right? Um even like hair paint- pictures, um you would even as as much as just like keeping someone's hair in like a bottle that you would wear as a necklace or something. This um, is also but another way era
0: is also the time when like taxidermy becomes a big thing. I don't think they taxidermy yep. people, mind you, but Uh, The idea of like preserving bones and skulls and like taxidermy animals. So like they were pretty fascinated with like preserving things after death in general, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. not just people.
1: And one of the common ways that they did that was with postmortem photography. And it was so common, in fact, that it actually they called the photographs themselves memento mori.
0: Now, but this isn't entirely new, right? Because if you go to, like, an art gallery with, like, paintings from, like, the 1500s, or whatever, is like, if you wanted a painting of someone, they would most often, especially, the mm, trigger warning for things about kids, uh, especially if you wanted a kid to sit still for a thing, it was almost impossible, so if a child died early, especially, like, a rich, you know, king or queen or prince or whatever, they would paint them, and that's why the eyes were often, when you see those old paintings, is like, huh, there's something off about that. It's like, well, because the eyes were closed and they painted them because like, they were dead. But um, this is new
1: in and photos. And, well, because photographs were relatively new. So the first camera was invented in 1816 by a Frenchman named Joseph Nispure-Nepis. Okay. And I'd,
0: Better than I would have done.
1: I try. I try. Um, But he didn't really produce a proper photograph for almost 10 years after that. Um, He took a picture out his window, and that shot actually took like 10 hours to make. Mm. Um, But it got better and better. It was still expensive, but not as expensive as like a portrait, like you said, right? Um, And so the upper classes flocked to this because it offered them a permanent image of their deceased loved ones, you know, who had never been photographed, right? Because it was pretty new. And you also Um, have to sit so long, You did. The exposure time was very long, which is why a lot of these photos that we see of the first photographs, people aren't smiling because it's so hard to hold a smile still. Right. But if you're trying to keep like a relaxed face, that's a lot easier for these long exposure times. That's also why we see uh, oftentimes one person is sitting or people kind of even were often like like held in place, like kind of like propped up almost. Oh, and you know about that the kid would...
0: photos, right? We've talked about this, right? Right,
1: yeah, where the mom is sometimes like disguised with a rug. Or yeah, like they a, would cover the with curtains. like and she
0: would like sit on the chair, but like on top of the chair and try to pose like a chair. And then the child would like <laughs> sit on her lap so the child would stay still.
1: Right, yeah. Uh, um, this is
0: also photograph uh, and photography in general is also during this period is fun uh in this same kind of spooky feeling because photography was so like well it's in a photo right like it's proof it's right there it's in a photo and so because of these long exposure times it was really easy to do a lot of like film trickery of like Mm you start Mm -hmm. the thing and then you like bring a ghost or whatever into it and some like cheesecloth and then it the, the spiritualism was huge during this era And so they would be like, see, a ghost is in the photo. And people were like, well, if there's a photo of it, I mean, I don't know what to tell you guys. It's clearly real. It's in a photo. What are you going to do? Like change a photo in some way? Come on. Come on. But of course they changed it.
1: Um, And so it was actually pretty common to see the living descendants around the person who was dead. And that's why often you see a little kind of like the blurriness of the alive people. But- the the deceased is often very sharp, right, mm. because they are very still.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so there were lots of lots of tricks that people used, like um, they often would photograph children posed as if they were sleeping, mm. which I think is very peaceful. Right. Sure. Um, some would. Uh, edit their picture on polished silver so you could uh, give them kind of like a a bit of a glow right wow. make oh, them nice. look a little lively that way um, and you could also alter them slightly with like colored pencils just mm. a little bit like the the colorizing photographs is is something that would come along definitely a lot later but there were little tips and tricks that you could give Uh, to make them look a little bit more uh, lively. Uh, If you look on YouTube, there's uh, Ask a Mortician. Mm. She has some very interesting uh, videos. And a lot of the the, the myths, right, uh, that we hear about, like those stands, right, that I talked about, they were pretty flimsy. You really couldn't stand up. A deceased person. Uh, so those stands were usually used for live people. Like I said, um, oh, to help
0: support you because you had to stand for so long.
1: Right. Yes, to help support you. Still. Right. It's it's more like just kind of like bracing you, mm-hmm. and not because but you have to support your own weight. Those stands are are really flimsy. They're not really for other people, other dead people. Um, so usually these people were photographed sitting or laying down. Um, because, like, the phenomenon of rigor mortis only lasts so long. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, think about Weekend at Bernie's, (laughs) right?
0: I do all the time, babe. I think about it all the time. (laughs)
1: Yes, you do.
0: I talk Um, about it, I probably, I would say at the upper end of people who talk about, I'm not going to say the most out of anyone on Earth, because there are probably people who talk about Weekend at at Morty's, Weekend at Bernie's more than me, Uh, but, but... It just the movie has such troubling connotations to it. Throughout, it's, oh boy.
1: It was still kind of a, we're trying to demystify it, right? But there was still kind of an eeriness around it. Uh, Some of these photographs were taken in studios, but most often they were taken in the subject's home. So that allowed the Victorians to carry out their, like, their preparation of the bodies. Uh, we talked about this in the funeral episode. There were certain things that you would wear and you would wash them and, and you know, do things like that. Um, and so, like, you could... It was part of the grieving process. Right. You take care of the body at home, you get this picture, and it's, like, kind of like a bookend of their life, right? And I
0: think, once again, it's so important to, to reiterate because I just had this click into my brain. When we think about, and I'm going to take this picture with a dead person, it feels disrespectful now. it feel, Because I think, especially since we think about uh, how commonplace, like, I'm going to take a selfie is. And like taking a mm-hmm. selfie with a dead person is what I pictured. And it's like, yeah, that's horrible. This is not that. It was a completely exactly. different cultural phenomenon that was part of, as you said, the like saying goodbye process.
1: Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so, it can be difficult to look at an old picture and try and figure out are are the people pictured were they deceased at the time of the photograph?
0: Because they're definitely um, deceased now.
1: Yes, they definitely are now. Um, but if you if you look at a photograph, you can get that kind of it's almost a feeling where you if there's something not quite right. They they're probably deceased. But most of the time, you know, like we talked about moms like being covered in a rug to hold their kids still or like a lot of times they took pictures of people who were sleeping anyway, especially children, babies and things, because that was when they were the most still. And that's when you would get a good photograph. Um, So if you if you have an inkling that they're they might be alive, they probably are.
0: Not anymore, though.
1: Not anymore.
0: Okay, yes. just to clarify, yes. uh, I wanna learn so much more about this, Teresa, but first, how about a word from another Max Fun show? All right. Hello, dreamers, this is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Mur-murder them? I'm gonna wreck it! They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera, or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime! Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed, but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. Here's a question. It might be jumping ahead. I don't know. When you would take these photos, right? You get these photos back. Was this like a, and we display them proudly? Or is it like a, yeah, we'll look at them if we miss the person. But like, it would be weird to put it up in the, like on the mantle.
1: Well, these, these things were, um, I mean, I suppose you certainly could if it appeared very, very lifelike. I mean, these Pictures were often taken, like I said, in the home with their favorite things around, either in their favorite chair or if they happen to unfortunately be children with uh, dolls or, you know, cradles and things like that. Um, You could display them, but more often they were kept kind of like as a personal thing. So like in lockets and stuff and in like lids of pocket watches and, and things like that. It was supposed to be for the people who knew them, right? It's not like... When you think about, like, a portrait of, like, the countess or whatever that looms over the dinner table, like, over the, what is that, the mantle or whatever, like, that's supposed to convey some kind of, like, power over you, right? So portraiture is of the people who who are living, uh-huh. right? And that's, that's supposed to to help with their status or Got whatever okay. but people who are not it was more kind of a, a, a personal thing and there's a lot of really great um of, uh, of people who have written about their experiences with post-mortem uh photography so english author mary russell mitford Uh, So noted that her father's 1842 postmodem photograph had a heavenly calm about it that gave her peace when it came to his passing. Um, Again, deeply personal, right? Uh, Victorian poet Elizabeth Barrett Browning said, It is not merely the likeness which is precious, but the association and the sense of nearness involved in the thing, the very shadow of the person lying there fixed forever. Now, um, I will say,
0: not to get too maudlin for a moment, but as someone who, like, lost uh, a parent young, right, uh, I can see where so much of what we do in, like, the grieving process, in fact, I would say all of what we do in the grieving process, is for the grieving, not the grieve-ed. The grieve-ed has moved on, right? Yes, and yes. They they are dead. And the person grieving... I can see where having this thing that's like this is – there is a finality to we took this photo. This is done. Instead of it just being like a slow, is that the last memory? Is this the last memory? Is that the last thing, right, of like – if you think about in this day and age – where we have phones and we have uh you know computers we have all these things there's so many chances to have all of these like is this the last recording of this person's voice i have this is the last photo well i had a photo from later and i had a photo from right like
1: i feel like this happens a lot with facebook right we see preserved people's facebook pages Af- long after they're gone and like you can't always I, you don't know my facebook password or whatever right. so like even I their family i know you pretty well <laughs> at this point.
0: i think i could figure it out
1: even their family sometimes have a hard time like uh i have i have a friend who passed away unexpectedly and people from uh our school that we went to often post on their wall on their birthday um which is interesting to me. A-, a quick look, you can see that obviously this person is gone, right? Um, because, like, they're not liking <laughs> the well wishes or whatever. Um, but it can be a little jarring to go through my feed and see, oh, well, yeah, they posted on, they, someone posted on their wall again. And then you get that reminder of that grief, it, you're right. It doesn't feel finite. But I think that the, the picture is a really great way to make, to, like I said, give it a bookend.
0: Right? And this very much feels like, and this is our last memory, last interaction. This is, it has, as you said, it is final. This is, and it's done. And then everything after that is like moving forward, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting mm-hmm. because on some level we talk about when we talk about like Victorians and death. Of like, it feels very much like, on some level, it was a much healthier like approach to it uh, of everyone will die, death is a part of life, uh, you know, we experience the death in a full way. But then also, all of these rules regarding like when you go into mourning, how long do you have to wear black for? Like how, well, how close were you to this person? In what way did they die? All this stuff, right? Where it's just like, right. yeah, but it was also very scripted. And so then it's like, so on the one hand, it was like a very upfront, we're dealing with this uh, in a, uh, you know, very like tangible, we're acknowledging this happened, we are not in denial about death. But at the same time, we're not really dealing with it on a purely emotional level, we're going through steps and assuming that when we finish those steps, we'll be fine. Uh,
1: which may or may not be true, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I also think that some in some ways that's a really great thing to have. Like you're have your little to do list and your process and a lot of times people are concerned about, well, after my spouse has died, how long do I have to wait before I seek the company of someone new or half
0: the time that you are together. We've not wait, no wait, that's for breakups. Sorry, sorry, that's... sorry. Never, <laughs> never mind.
1: And what what do I talk to my children about? You know, all this kind of stuff. Like they had answers. They had a script for that that was quote socially acceptable, mm-hmm. right? Um and so in a way that that would be really great for me. Um I don't personally planning on I don't... killing
0: me. <laughs> This is how I find and, out.
1: I I don't have any, any personal interest in exactly how long I have to wait. You didn't say no. <laughs> Why didn't you say no? Of course not, sweetheart.
0: Well, now you say no. <laughs> huh, okay. All right, if something happens to me, everybody just remember this.
1: <laughs> Moment- that I waited. Memento mori op-
0: by Teresa.
1: <laughs> that I waited the appropriate amount of time.
0: To say, no, I won't kill you, or to get remarried?
1: <laughs> oh, no, I'm never getting remarried. This is way too much work. D- what?
0: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: You're allowed to get remarried, by the way, if you if you really must.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Who has the time?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: See? No, listen, See? I know. But for you, you're saying... the act of being married (laughs) to me is a lot of work i'm saying the act of going out and being like do i want to be even like are you it that's i don't even know how i was so lucky to be able to marry you let alone i'm a poor judge of character in general the chance that i get a second chance and i'm just like yeah she's another good one out of the question out of the question i if if you die unexpectedly I'm going out on top, 100% at bat range. I'm done. And I'm done. All right. Also, because I love you or whatever, I guess.
1: Whatever, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah. And plus, I'd probably have to get rid of a lot of stuff that I like now if I got remarried. Because I've slowly added dumb shit to like my areas in the house as we've been married. And you're like, what are you going to do with wife?" And if I brought someone new in, she'd be like, this is a lot of Spider-Man stuff. And I'd be like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyway. Thank you. Uh, Memento end of podcast. Remember, podcast will end. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. Um, Let's see. Let's see. I want to say thank you to our editor, Rachel, without whom we would not be able to make this show. I want to say thank you to our researcher and writer, Alex, without whom we would not be able to make this show. And I want to say thank you to you for listening. We can make the show without you, but why? Um, go check out. We got new merch over at the Macroy Merch Store, Uh, including we got a brand new Garol blanket. Now, Garol is uh, the spectral- I
1: want one. I want one. I've already it's ordered beautiful. one. It's yes. beautiful. Yes. Okay, okay. Garel <laughs> is
0: a spectral binocorn from the Adventure Zone, and this blanket, it's like a beautiful tapestry-looking blanket. You're going to love it. Designed by Lynn Doyle. Um, go get that. We got candlelights wrapping paper um, and 10% of all merge proceeds this month go to the Fair Elections Center, which uses litigation and advocacy to remove barriers to registration and voting, particularly those disenfranchising, underrepresented and marginalized community, and to improve election administration. So go to McElroyMerch.com this week. Yes, on October 6th. So by the time you listen to this, Steeplechase uh, Episode 1 is going to come out. Uh, Steeple Chase, the setup episode is already out, so you can go listen to the first two episodes of uh, the new Adventure Zone Steeple Chase, DM'd by Justin. Uh, and 20 Rendezvous Fancy Takes Flight like Tour tickets are on sale. Sorry again to everybody that we had to cancel our San Jose and Denver shows. I had the COVID. I am better now.
1: So thank you, everyone, for your continued patience and support. Thank you. And we hope to see you at the next show.
0: Yes, we will be uh, announcing new dates for those San Jose and Denver shows. Uh, And tickets for the November shows are on sale now at bit.ly slash McElroy Tours. Uh, Those shows will be at Washington, D.C., Detroit, Michigan, and Cincinnati, Ohio. Mask and proof of full vaccination or negative COVID test within 72 hours of event start is required. And don't forget to pre-order your Taz 11th Hour Graphic Novels at TheAdventureZoneComic.com. What else, Teresa?
1: We always thank Brent Brentofloss Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art. That's at SchmannersCast. And sometimes we get some excellent questions from you listeners, and that's where you can ask those questions. Uh, Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, join that group today. If you have topic suggestions or idioms that you would like to submit, please email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com, and say hi to Alex because she reads every one.
0: And that's going to do it for us. (laughs) So join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening to Schmanners.
1: Manners Schmanners. Get it?